Chronicles chapter 20. This is something my pastor taught me. And uh, um, I just did uh, next week. No, is it the second week in January? Dr. Barkley and I, we sat down. And this year was really something because we do his annual I Predict, which goes on international networks. I mean, it's on everywhere. It's on, uh, it's on uh, I think it's on channel 46. It's on channel 66. It's on a bunch of places. Um, and it's, of course, on the uh, different satellite ones, too. And uh, we ended up, I think we did three before we ended up doing four programs, four half-hour programs, and uh, talking about I predict in the coming year and things. And uh, so that'll be out starting not this next weekend, but the following weekend, they told me. And uh, there'll be four weeks of that. But I, I think this year, I probably have more anticipation of what God is gonna, going to do um, through his people this year than I have. And, and it's funny because as you dig into some of the prophetic things that are said, that are being said, and I'm going to read a bunch of those here to you today, just little insights, not to complete things, but um, that things are all coming into a line from most of people, what I would consider prophets and uh, things that are being said. They're all just sort of uh, congealing together into one solid word. And so uh, I don't know that I've ever seen that happen before. Um, and uh, so Second Chronicles 2020 is it comes at a time when Jehoshaphat's really going through a tough time, uh, war is against him. Three different armies have come against Israel. They all get together. They all wait on the Lord. Their kids wait. The parents wait. Everybody's waiting on the Lord. The word of the Lord comes through the prophet, a prophet that's among them, and tells them not to be afraid. Everything's going to be all right. God's fighting for them. God is with them. And then comes back and says that they'll just need to stand still and see you know, God do his mighty work. Well, Jehoshaphat, in verse 20, he begins to talk to the people. And uh, as he said, now listen, as, we, as they rose early and they go out into the wilderness of Tekoa, this is in verse 20 of 2 Chronicles 20. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I want you to notice this next phrase. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. And believe his prophets and you shall prosper, and you shall prosper. And so when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And you know, as a pastor, I recognize what he just did here. He told them, look, believe in the Lord, your God, and you'll be established. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. But then he consulted with the people. You know, always what the pastor says isn't what the people do. But you already knew that, right? See, he had to find out where the people were at. I mean, it had been a foolish thing if he, they didn't receive this word for him to say what he's about to say. But he recognized among the people that they had received this prophetic word that came from God. And he says, listen, we're going to prosper through this. And when he began to consult with the people and he began to determine, and you know, you could tell when people have faith, right? I mean, you can, you feel it. You, you sense it that they're, this is, we're going, we got this. God's got this. We're in this. It's, I mean, there is a determination, a confidence, a, an outspokenness, if you will, that comes out of people when they're in faith. And so he consulted with the people. And when he recognized that they were in faith, then what he did is said, all right, 
then we're going to take a step of faith. Let's put the praise team out in front of the army. If God said we don't have to fight, then let's make it so we're not fighting. We'll just go out and praise the Lord. And as we go out and praise the Lord, God will do whatever He's going to do, and we'll see His. And that's what happened. They put the praise team out front. All the singers began to sing, and the army was back behind. And uh, how'd you like to have been in the praise team? Well, let me tell you this. Those who are in the front get to see the miracles first. And that's a powerful thing, isn't it? Amen. Amen. And so he said, listen, you guys, you get to go out first. You get to see when they walk up, all three armies had turned on each other and killed each other. And what looked like a horrible circumstance turned around in one day, in one day. So from one day to another day, everything. Now, we could look at a bunch of these in Scripture, but from one day, everything changed. How did it change? Because... They believed in the Lord their God, and they were established. They were established. To to be established is a verb that means to be firm, to build up, to support, to nurture, or to establish. The primary meaning is that of providing stability and confidence, like a baby would in the arms of a parent. You know, when you and I, when we believe in what God says, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That you and I, when we receive the Word of God into our lives, it brings stability to us. It brings stability to our lives. You know, some a, a pastor friend of mine, he one time said, the Bible is the oak of God's whose roots reach deep down into the ground and wrap themselves around the rock of ages. And you know, I absolutely believe that. Our firm foundation in Christ is through what His Word has declared to you and I. When you and I believe in the Lord our God, and there's only one way to really believe in the Lord our God, and that's through what He has declared in His Word. When we believe in the Lord our God, we're established. We're established. It does something to us. It creates faith. It creates a a firmness, and an ability in our lives that, that even though we might feel the vibration of difficulty, We're not moved from where we are, but we stand firm in the midst of all that challenge and all that difficulty that God is God and God will do what God said he would do. Amen. So we are established. And then he said there that if you'll believe the prophets, you will prosper. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The prophetic is spoken of here. Believing the prophets, pro, excuse me, the prophets to prosper is a verb that means to rush, to break forth, to come forth mightily. It describes the Holy Spirit's effect on persons, making them an individual powerful. So when we receive prophetic words from God or from from the prophets, excuse me, what does that do for us? It gives us the encouragement to move forward. The prophetic does not establish us. The Word establishes us. Always remember that. The Word establishes us. The prophetic moves us forward. It gives us, it's kind of like the go from heaven. It's like go, start, begin. It's the sounding, what are they, the sounding, you know, the uh, pistol. that they shoot at the race. It's the crack of heaven to you and I that move forward and and take, it's time to do this. Don't wait any longer. Get busy. So he said, look, if if you receive what God has said and you believe what his prophets said, that we can do this and you're encouraged by that, and obviously they were, then this is 
how we'll do that. Now go up to the book of Timothy with me. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. Because that's a great Old Testament passage, but I want you to see this again in the New Testament. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. And Paul writing to Timothy said, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies, everybody say prophecies, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. These are specifically about you, Timothy, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom he said, I delivered to Satan that they may not learn to blaspheme. Now, as you look at this, you see that he's telling him that, look, these things have been spoken over your life, that by them, by these things spoken, you can wage a good warfare. That God has given you a strategy, a warfare, to, that this is what he declares about you. Not only in his word, but to tell you that the time is now that you are this. The time is now for you to do this. Don't wait. The time has already been declared over your life. I don't have to wait to tomorrow to believe that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. I Look, that was declared by God thousands of years ago in, in eternity. That is God speaking to you and I and saying, look, your sins, though they were red as crimson, are now made white as wool. You're clean. You're mine. You're my child. I didn't just make you a follower. I made you my son, my daughter, and my family. I've given you a new position and a new place. Well, pastor, I'm just waiting for God to speak that over my life. And when he speaks that, listen, friend, you're waiting for something that's already been spoken and has been said over your life. You're already established. You should already be established in who you are. Look, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know who you are, then you will experience being robbed by your, of your identity, excuse me. And you can't have what you don't know belongs to you. That's good preaching, Pastor. So the prophetic things that were spoken, you know, some of those prophetic things were like, for Timothy, it's going to be hard, but you're going to get through it. That's a good word, amen? I mean, I would have loved it if it would just said, wouldn't you and I would be like, that it didn't say it was going to get hard, but it was just going to be easy. It was just going to be easy. But you know what? It isn't going to be easy. It is going to be hard. Not all the time, thank God. Amen. But it is hard sometimes. Things are difficult. We get overwhelmed. We, get, we struggle. We, our faith gets weak at times. We're not so established at times. But listen, the prophetic word that has gone before us, that God has spoken, these are things that we need to recognize. Not just things that are spoken generally to the body of Christ, but things that God has spoken specifically to us. You know, in my Bible, I write in the margins. I always have. I just, I believe in that. And when God says something to me from his word that I believe was for me, I make sure that I put a date by it. I make sure that I highlight it. I make sure that I yellow it. I make sure that I put a star by it. I make sure, but here's the big thing. I make sure that I go back and look at it. 
I have a stack of prophecies I go through periodically. I'll just get them all out and start looking at prophetic things that have been spoken over my life. Prophetic things by people here in the church. Prophetic things that guest speakers have spoken. My pastor has spoken over my life. And I get those out to remind myself. To remember. Because he said, look, you need to remember these things. You need to remember what's been spoken over your life so you can wage a good warfare in your life. This is about you. And so both of these are necessary, the scripture and the prophetic that we need in our lives. And so God begins to speak by his prophets so that we can have a good strategy. So I want to lay out some of the things that have been spoken, that are being spoken by people. I mean, I don't look, anybody that calls themselves a prophet doesn't necessarily mean I go, oh, well, we need to listen to what they're saying, okay? Um, But I can tell you this, these people that I'm about to tell you about, Some of these people I know personally. Uh, Some of these people I have studied their lives to make sure that I know that they're not weirdos. And, uh, you know, that what they say uh, is, is, uh, you know, that they're relatively accurate in the things that they say. Now, remember this about prophecy, and this is important for us to, to, to grab hold of. Prophecy tells us what could be. Always remember that. Prophecy tells us what could be. It tells us what could be. In the Old Testament, it would talk about what will be. But in the New Testament, when a prophet speaks, he tells you that this could be. For example, and you even see this in the Old Testament in some places, you remember the story about Hezekiah. Hezekiah was told that, get yourself ready, because by this time tomorrow, you'll be dead. What did Hezekiah do? He turned his face to the wall, he cried out to God, and the prophet was stopped going down the stairs and told, go back and tell him that that has now changed. So prophetic things that are spoken over our lives, they're what could be, okay? Not necessarily what will be. We need to remember that. We play a part in the prophetic happening in our lives, okay? So don't slip into some Old Testament thinking here that, well, God's you know, God said it, so it's going to come to pass no matter what. Then why did he tell Timothy to war a good warfare? Why did he tell those people that you only are going to prosper if you believe, if you listen to what the prophets are saying? Thank you, Pastor. That was awesome. Okay, good. So, thanks, Donnie. Good to have you here this morning. <laughs> so, when Doc Barkley, and I don't want to get into all of his because I want you to watch the program, but But uh, when we talked about 2019, uh, his scripture for the year is Acts 4.29, and that is this. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And, of course, it goes on to say, and that you, Lord, would stretch forth your hand with many signs and wonders and miracles, and that uh, great things would be done. And, of course, then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues and went forth in great boldness preaching the gospel. Now, what Doc Barkley talks about for 2019 is is there are two kingdoms that are at work, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And in the Bible, it talks about how that the kingdom of darkness is just going to get darker. All right? I mean, I know we all stand in shock at some of the stuff politicians and even preachers do. But look, darkness is going to get darker. But don't worry about the darkness because you're in a kingdom of light, okay? You know, if we sit around and fret about all this stuff that's going on around us, 
And we allow the media become the prophets to our life, which, dear, dear Lord, help you if that's the case, okay? I'm telling you right now, those, the, 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 that all that's going to do is throw you on a yo-yo. You're going to be up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And I don't care what network it is. I'm just saying that, look, they're, they're out. Always remember, the basis of media today is to make money. It's to make money. They want you to watch their programs and be set there for 24 hours a day, glued to what they're saying and totally controlled by it. And it is absolutely addicting. And if you've never fell into that trap, thank God. But people fall into that trap. They're stuck. They can't stay out of the news cycles. They can't stay out of the information cycles. And so their lives become consumed with it. I'm telling you today that, listen, that is not the final word. Darkness will grow darker. But the Bible also tells us that even though the gross darkness will cover the land, that our light will shine and that what we're supposed to do, according to Isaiah, is arise and shine for your light has come. The only way, it's just like Stevie going and that towel going into the school. The only way you're ever going to get rid of darkness isn't by sitting in this building boohooing about how bad it is out in the world. You know, that's what the church did for years. They just started coming together and singing songs about how bad and some glad day when this life is over, I'm flying away, man. I'm out of here. And I, I'm not against that song if that's your favorite song. So please. <laughs> I mean, I can throw down with the best of them, but the but but here's the thing: God didn't call us into a holy huddle, right? That we all get together and we sit around and sing psalms, commiserating about how bad the world is and how that someday we're going to get out of here and it's all going to be over with. No, look, that isn't what the apostles did. That isn't what the early church did. That's not what the ch the church did in the beginning, and that isn't what the church is supposed to do. We have the greatest power in all the world resident on the inside of us, not in this building, but inside of us, which we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And if we'll go out into the world, we'll get into these places of darkness. And I'm not saying that we got to go into all those places and we just got to tell people, well, you're going to hell. That's your problem. That isn't, look, that is not what God called us to do. Can I tell you that the world has heard enough words that what the world needs to see is demonstration. That's what the world really needs. You know, our teenagers, that's what they really need to see. You know, they can hear all the messages and all the nice stuff and all the nice youth messages, but what they really need to see is God real. Does it work? Does it really work? That's what they need to see in Saginaw. Is it real? Does it work? That's the two questions every hum human asks. Is what you believe, is it real? And number two, does it work? Does it really work? What well, works for me, praise God. And when we go forth into the world and we let our light so shine before men, they see that light in our life. They see that we're different. We're not moved. You know, you, you're so used to you, you don't recognize how much you glow with the presence of God. I mean, you're so used to looking at your mug in the mirror and who you are. But I want to tell you, what you got to do is go back. And as the scripture says, we're like a person who looks in a glass darkly. And when we walk away, he said, we forget what manner of people we really are. You are a child of God filled with the Holy Ghost, blood bought with the greatest message that has ever come to the planet Earth through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Heaven. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit back you up. They're on your side, not against you. They're for you. Yeah. 
We're the light of the world. And so that's part of what Doc was trying to say, and I'll have to move on because we won't be able to get into all of this. But he just said, look, you, there's, and you can go on his website and pick up the rest of that. Um, they're free if you don't get them as a partner uh, helping him. Jerry Savelle said 2019. I don't know if you're ready for this. Marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations. Marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations. I want his verse for the year is Exodus 34:10. If you want to turn there with me, this is really good. Thank you, Pastor. It is really good. All right, verse 10. And he said, God said, "Behold, I make a covenant before all your people that I will do marvels such as not have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation, and all the people among you." Whom you are, who, excuse me, whom you are shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do for you. In the Message Bible, it says it like this: As of right now, I'm making a covenant with you in full sight of all your people that I will work wonders that have never been created in all the earth or in any nation. Then all the people with whom you're living will see how tremendous God's work is the work I'll do for you. Can I get an amen? Listen, this is part this this ties right into what we just talked about. See, you and I as God's people, God has made a covenant through Jesus Christ with us. It's called the new covenant, the New Testament. And he has made this declaration over our lives that I will do marvels. I will do wonders. I will as one translation say I will do extraordinary manifestations. These are things that have not been seen before. There's such a boredom in the body of Christ today. There really is. I mean, it, I mean, I feel it sometimes even pastoring this great church. It's like, well, impress me. Come on, give me something to make me feel like God is real and like God can do something. But here's the thing. How about in our lives when we rise up and realize that through us, God wants to do extraordinary manifestations in our life? See, the greatest miracles don't happen in church services. The greatest miracles happen when we're out in the world. You say, well, why do we come together then? We come together to get our orders. Amen. And we come together to celebrate what God has done. You say, well, I, I just, I don't know. You know, I don't have anything to celebrate. Well, that's not my problem. That's your problem. Moving right along. <laughs> Doug Addison. Doug is a, I'll tell you, in when 2008, some of the stuff that happened in the, the United States and things that happened in the last uh, few years after that, Doug Addison was a real light in the midst of darkness. And here's what he said. In the, in the prophetic word, he said, the Lord talked to me about opening up ancient paths that will bring rest to our souls. Now, this is out of Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16 in the New International Version. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But you said we will not walk in it. So here's what, he, here's what, Doug was, what God spoke through Doug to say. Listen, there are ancient pathways. You know, what has happened in God's kingdom is is are, uh, you know, um, uh, how do I want to say this? They are things that we should never forget. Yeah. 
the ancient pathways, the pathways of the lame man that was raised up at the gate called Beautiful. That's an ancient pathway, amen? The healing movement that happened in the United States of America. You know, look, I mean, we have some people that have come close in some of the manifestations of healings. But when Oral Roberts would do meetings, uh, back when the healing revival was going on in the United States, that he would have to sit in a chair and just put his hand on people as they would go by. And miracle after miracle, people would, lame people, deaf people, blind people. Um, William Branham, who to me was just an incredible gift to the body of Christ with the word of knowledge that he had in his life. How that he could stand and talk to people and God would tell them where he, they lived at, what city they came from, what they came to the meeting for. They never wrote and told him a thing. And he'd just stand there and say, now the, and he says, the only reason that God's given me this gift to do this is to encourage your faith to trust him for the miracle. It's still, I'm not giving you the miracle. That still comes from God. All God wants you to know is, is that he knows who you are. He knows what you did to get here. And he's ready to do this in your life if you'll receive it. You go on YouTube and look at some of those deals that happen. That's an ancient pathway. Kenneth Hagin and, and some of the others, T.O. Osborne, some of the miracle ministries that they had and things that God used them through, powerful through the word of faith movement. Those are ancient pathways. Going back to what happened in the Welsh revival, I, like I said, I don't have time to get into all of these, but how that the power of God was so strong that there would be groups of people in bars that would actually, the power of God would hit that bar because the saints were praying and they would just wander out into the street, look, asking, how can I receive? What, why do I feel so lost? Why do I feel so uh, confused? Why do, what do I need to do? How that young people would flood into the church at night coming from dance halls. I mean, we don't have those anymore, but would flood into the church at night and would lay on the floor all over the church building, a total, absolute mess, crying out to God, crying out to God for help and that God would change their lives and make them new people. And there's the, the effects of what happened during the Welsh revival is absolutely phenomenal. Those are ancient pathways of what God has done. And God is opening those back up. Now, as you hear more of this, you'll see how that's all going to happen. He also said that there are mysteries and revelations that have been hidden for ages that are now being revealed out of Colossians chapter 1, verse 26. All right, Kenneth Copeland. Now, Brother Copeland, New Year's Eve will have a service online that you can watch, and he'll reiterate some of this. But um, here's what he said. Uh, These are the days that have been coming and coming since the early 1980s when I began to say, and it was prophesied of old, that there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit greater than anything that's ever come to this nation, greater than anything eventually greater than anything that's ever been seen on the planet. Signs, wonders, and miracles from on high. Magnificent operations of the Holy Spirit. And many have prayed and prayed and sought me concerning this. Okay? Now, here's where, here's where this gets tough, though. And you would expect this from Brother Copeland. <laughs> I am moving by my Spirit, and you are a major part of it. Be expectant. Expect it in your heart. Not to just have something happen to you, but have something happen through you and around you and because of you. No, 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 no. And again, a thousand times coming by the prophecy, a thousand times, no, you're waiting. You're not waiting on me. I have been waiting on you, saith the Lord. I've been waiting on you. 
see the greatest demonstration, the revealing of the power. I don't know how you, I, I don't have this in front of me right now, but if you go back and you look at what Smith Wigglesworth prophesied to Lester Summerall before he died, Smith was a great man of God over in England, an evangel, a true evangelist, an apostle. And Wigglesworth had told Brother Summerall about the end time movement that would happen and that there would be this great wave of the spirit that would happen across the United States and the world and what would happen. Now, you and I, and Brother Copeland talks a little bit about this. You and I, we're just more familiar with what's happening here. But I wanted you, um, I wanted you to hear this because this is so powerful. Um, because when God's thinking about what he's doing, he's not just thinking about the United States. So Brother Copeland talks about how that an amazing move of the Spirit is happening in Australia right now. And then he goes on and he says, you have no idea. All you hear in the news is about the government of China. You have no idea. You have no earthly idea what's happening in China. So give praise and give honor before honor is due and continue to rejoice and continue to say all is well in the kingdom of God. All is well in the household of faith. And I rejoice that the end is so close. Jesus is coming so soon. See, you and I, we get all caught up in the media cycles and what's being said in the papers and TV. But look, no matter what, if God, I want you to remember this. If God would send a man who didn't even want to go to a nation who didn't even want to hear what he had to say so that he could redeem them and give them a last chance so they could come out of the darkness that they were in. That's a man named Jonah who went to Nineveh. God will reach China and God will reach Iraq and he'll reach Iran and he'll reach. He's already working. You don't even know the stuff that's going on there. We don't know it because we just don't know everybody who's there. But we know the one who is orchestrating it all. And we need to remember that he's still in charge. He still sits on the throne. And he has a plan. He's had it from the beginning. He's always had a plan. And he's, his plan is for good and for powerful things to happen. Can you say amen? Man, that's exciting. So you see, oh, well, you know, we need to worry about China. We need to worry about Russia. All kinds of things are happening in such a powerful way. You, you may not know who this guy is, but Rick Renner, is a powerful man of God. Uh, Rick Rick is, knows several languages, speaks Greek fluently. He's a uh, just a tremendous man of God, and God sent him to Russia. And now there are churches all over that are just like this church. Now listen, the Antichrist can never rise to power while there is a powerful church on the face of this earth. The only way that he can ever get to where he needs to get is you got to get the church out of the way. Because as, there is, as long as there are faith-filled saints that love God and are willing to pray, I'm telling you, his hands are tied to fully do what he wants to do in the earth. It's not going to happen. The devil cannot win. Listen, the devil cannot win. He cannot win in the world. Darkness cannot overcome darkness. I mean light, excuse me. See, look under your chairs. You see these shadows that are under here? Look under your chair just so you could see the shadow. See the shadow under there? You know what that shadow is? That darkness is the absence of light. But you throw a light down there and that darkness is out of here. I'm telling you, when light went into Russia, darkness began to run. When light went into Iran, darkness. When it went into China, darkness began to run. I'm in any nation, Africa, all around the world where the gospel went, the light shone. And, and, and powerful, miraculous things began in whole nations were turned. Brother Copeland said something I thought was really powerful, um, and I'll move on. He said, 
I blessed Israel because I love them. I blessed the United States because you love me. The United States is not chosen. Israel was chosen. The United States has chosen people in it that love God. As long as there are righteous believers, we will affect the world in a powerful, powerful way. Amen? In a powerful way. Cindy Jacobs is another great, she's a a great prophet. Um, She said this, I hear God saying, prepare for the time of acceleration. Uh, Now, we talked about acceleration in 2018, and literally, I saw acceleration happen. Incredible things. I mean, I saw, I I don't have time to get into all of this today. I'll talk more about it next week. But I mean, I saw people that, that, uh, that it seemed as though with very little experience and very little um, uh, practical understanding about ministry that God accelerated them to a level that they began to operate at like they were had been in the ministry for 30 years. Absolutely. I mean, just blows me away. Phenomenal acceleration. I saw people financially accelerate in an incredible way in their life where they just, they were paying off debts, getting out of debt, um, believing God for incredible miracles. The Lord says, for many, peop- for many people, I will bring a visitation of acceleration, but they are not ready to do what I've called them to do. Their mindset is to resist change. Their mindset is full of fear, and they're afraid when the season comes and begins to move fast. Has anybody here this year felt that things were moving too fast for you and got a little bit, I don't raise your hand, but got a little bit afraid? Now listen, that's acceleration. That is acceleration. And see, our our first tendency when things begin to accelerate at levels we can't control, we start wanting to tap the brakes, slow it down, slow the pace down to what we can understand. But what God says, look, don't get in fear. I mean, a great example of this is the guys on the boat fish all night, right? They're out there on that boat. They catch nothing. The Lord Jesus shows up and says, well, guys, all you need to do is cast your net on the other side. Now, they're giving the opportunity for acceleration. What was their first response? Hey, listen, that ain't going to work. Because why? Because it wasn't that they were afraid. It's because they believed in what they knew already instead of believed in what God was saying. He said, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And they said, well, we'd already have done, but because you said that, we'll go ahead and give it a shot. I mean, you could just feel the doubt on the boat, right? I mean, these guys are all like, who is, isn't that guy a carpenter? What does he know about, what's he know about fishing, for crying out loud? We do this every day. This is our livelihood, dude. Come on, we're in the union, you, you, you know. He says, no, throw your net on the other side. And immediately they catch a big catch. See, when God is telling you to throw your net on the other side, let's make sure we're not tapping the brakes this year. Say, no, wait, 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 wait. Because your harvest, your increase, is going to come in that net on the other side of the boat. You just need to know which side to throw the net on. I am anointing my people to be risk takers. That's what God told her. I'm anointing my people to get off the mark. So don't let fear paralyze you. Uh, he, she, she went on to say, uh, some of you, in fact, have been praying earnestly for a confirmation that you're supposed to make a move. And as long as you have peace in your heart about that, just go ahead and jump. 
Take that as your word. Amen. Now that don't mean you're, when I said move, that don't mean leave amazing grace, okay? That's off the table. Unless you're going to go start a church somewhere and then I'll help you. Chuck Pierce. Now I'm not going to read all of Chuck's. I have all of this. And I'll probably put some of these on our Facebook page. But one of the things that he's, that God spoke to him was is that uh, there would be a 21-day period of pushing in that you need to take this year, that you need to take. And that in that 21 day, that that would be a time of fasting and prayer. And, you know, January 10th, we do our fasting and prayer through the 31st. And I, and look, uh, I don't, I, if I told you I enjoyed fasting, I would be flat out lying. Okay. I don't enjoy it. My, my whole life, it seems like is out of, it's just not fluid. It's not what it was, you know? And, and, um, but he said that if you will take the 21 days and you'll commit to that, that there will be new access that will come, new access points that will happen in your life, doors of opportunity that will open up to you. And so he said that you will be, these will be revealed to you during that 21 uh, day period. Some of it will be mysteries in the word that are things that have been mysterious to you. Some of them will be some of the blessings that God wants to bring to your life. Um, some of it's understanding what he is doing in his kingdom uh, and on and on. And uh, so I just encourage you, Join with us as we get into this time of fasting and prayer. Access comes in that moment of time. Access will come in that moment of time. So if you look at the theme and all of that, you know, you begin to hear what the prophets are saying, right? You hear it. Do you hear it? I hear it. I hear it. God's going to use you. God's going to use you. See, as Christians, I, I, I really believe that, there, that if we're not being used, we get lost. And we get bored. And we get busy in stuff we shouldn't be busy in. Well, you know, you could come to me and say, well, pastor, use me. But see, it's not about pastor using you. It's about you going to Jesus and saying, use me. Don't wait on your pastor to use you because I'm going to mess up. I'm human. I, I'll fail you so many times that, you know, you just get, you forgive me. All right. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go to him. I had a lady last week. Uh, this was really cool. They had, they had missed the service that we had done for the, um, you know, helping the, for the Spanish church. Um, they, they weren't here the Sunday that we, all those cards went out, all those gifts. And uh, thank you guys for all helping make that happen. That was powerful. And the Lord said to me that next year, I want you to increase that. I want you to find single moms that are struggling and families that are hurting in your communities. And I want you to get your church on board with doing this for them and taking stuff to their homes and blessing them and just letting them know. And we haven't done that in a long, long time. And I, you know, and actually truth is I just, we kind of moved away from it because it was happening a lot, but it's not happening a lot anymore. And, uh, and so here we are on Christmas Eve and I'm walking out of my office to come in the sanctuary and this lady, she walks up to me and she stops me and she said, pastor, she said, I, I want to help people. I want to help people that are hurting. I want, and I said, well, what do you mean by that? She said, you know, people that are hurting financially, would you let me help you? I mean, she didn't even know that this is where God was leading. She said, will you let me help you organize that next year? And look, I, 
Pastor Jolliffe, he needs people to help him organize. Yes. Yes. <laughs> hey, I didn't ask for your support on that. No, he needs people. You know, my mind, you know, look, I, truthfully, I get up early in the morning. My mind starts then and doesn't end till I go to bed. I work nonstop all the time. Think, 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 plan, 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 prepare, prepare. But I don't think about details very good. <laughs> in fact, I'm terrible at it. That's why I surround myself with people who see the details, the little things, because I miss them. So and she said, I want to help. She says, can I help? And is it? And listen, I, and it, I was shocked. I, I just stood there in like awe. Now, here's somebody that listened to the Holy Ghost, felt God dealing with their heart and said, I want to be able to help families next year that need help. And I want to help you organize it. And didn't even know that that's the direction God had already spoken for that year. See, it's not about you waiting for a pastor to give you a call and say, hey, I need you to do this. It's about you getting before the God of heaven and saying, Lord, how would you use my gifts? How would you use my abilities? What can I do to serve you in your kingdom, Lord God? And what is it that you would have of my life, Lord God? What do I have to offer that you would want to use in me? And then when you ask God, I promise you, 100% of the time, he will answer you. He will answer you and give you clarity about that, especially coming up in this 21-day time of fasting and prayer, that God will give you the clarity. There are some of you going into, and I'm going to stop, they're going into 2019. You're making major decisions in your life, and I get that. You're, you're trying to make major decisions, and you're getting ready to make major decisions, and here's the thing. Make the decision. Take the leap. But make sure you're leaping into the arms of God, that you're leaping into his will and his guidance. He'll talk to you about what's going to happen. But you got to wait on him. you got to get before him and say, Lord, what would you have me do? Where would you have me go? What should I get involved in? And how can I be a blessing to your kingdom, Lord God? And if you and I will do that, I think we'll see the marvels, the wonders. The miraculous. I mean, wouldn't it be cool? I mean, I love it when somebody comes to our altar on Sunday and they're like, man, I got healed here today. Glory. My legs healed. My back's healed. My eyes are healed. Whatever. You know, I'm healed. Okay. But wouldn't it be cool if a hundred of you came next Sunday morning and said, yeah, I was at Walmart and you know, this person was struggling and I just went over and said, Hey, listen, I know I see you're having trouble. Would you, would you care if I just prayed for you? And you know what? Usually when we, you ask people that are hurting, if they they're always ready. Oh, yeah, yeah, pray for me. Right here in Walmart. Come on, I'm ready. You know, I just lay hands on me. Help me. They may not even believe in God, but who cares? They're about to. They're about to. And could you imagine what this place would be like next Sunday morning? If a hundred of you came back with a testimony of a miracle that happened? Whoa. Well, I'll tell you what, we wouldn't have to rah, rah, sis, boom, by you to praise the Lord. I can tell you that. It'd just flow out of you. God, you're so good. God, you're so, your boredom would go out the window. It'd go, my God is real. My God is alive. My God used me. My God used my life. Thank you, Lord, for using my life. Stand with me if you would. Thank you, Father. Anybody challenged? I didn't even get into the word God gave me for our church, so I'm going to get into that next Sunday. So you got to come back. In fact, there were um, there were five, four, four limits, right? Four, five, 
five limitations that uh, God, that I felt like the Lord gave me for next year. Um, and uh, that he's, he said, take the limits off. Something I want you to be praying about with me, okay? What's your breakthrough goal for 2019? What's your breakthrough? I mean, what do you believe in big for next year? Big. Everybody say big. big. Now, big is relative. I understand that, okay? My big may be a lot bigger than your big, but it doesn't matter if it's big to you, then it's big. That's deep, isn't it? What do you believe in big for? Now, I know right away, and the Lord gave me a check on this. He said, well, you know, most of my people, because they have relatives or kids that aren't serving the Lord, that'll be their big thing. But remember this, you can't control what other people's wills are, okay? You can pray their environment directs them towards God. You can pray for them that their heart would be sensitive. But I'm talking about something big. Like I'm talking about paying your house off. Yeah. Oh, pastor, not late. Come on, I owe too much. See, there you go. You already discounted. You already limited God. Come on. I mean, pay it off yeah. in one year. Yeah. Well, pastor, that'd be a lot. Man, that'd be a lot if God... Well, look, my God is so big. He's so big and so strong. There's nobody... There's nothing that he cannot, amen, that he cannot do. Even the kids get that. What's your big? What's your big for this year? What's your big for ministry? What's your big for your business? Some of you that are business people, what's the big? Well, you know, we're just going to keep going and doing what we've been doing. What's, this is what the Lord told me. Next year, I want you to believe big. I want you to believe big. So I already believe in big. I mean, Sharon and I said, what's our big for next year? And she told me, and it's big. I'm like, oh, that's big. Some of you, it might be paying off a car, pay off a truck, get rid of the hospital bills. Some of you, it might be to finally be able to, you know, to break through that disease, that sickness that you've been battling. So put that as your big. I want you to start thinking about it because we're going into this new year. And as we go in, God said, Take off the limits. So I'll get into that next week a little bit more. There's four others I got to get into. But I want you to be thinking about that before you come back next week. Bow your heads with me if you would. Father God, we love you and we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your goodness to us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you speak through your prophets. Everything that has been spoken lines up with your word. Or we wouldn't believe it, Lord. We believe it because... You've already decreed it. And Lord, now that we are established because you have spoken, we also, Lord God, begin to prosper because we receive what the prophets say. Lord, I thank you that this will be a year of marvels, a year of wonders, a year of manifestations, and Lord, of supernatural works that you will do in our lives financially, physically, spiritually on every level, and that, God, we will respond to the clarion call to go into all the world, whatever that world is for us, whether it's our family or it's our neighborhood or it's our community, our city, 
we will go into the world and we will tell people the good news about Jesus Christ. But not only will we tell them, but Lord, we will show them because your word said that you confirmed the word with signs and wonders following with many demonstrations. And so I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in us and what you're doing through us. Lord, we sense and feel, Lord, as we stand in your presence this morning, such awe for what you are doing in your church and through your people. God, may each of us follow, listen, and obey your word to us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And all those agreed said, Amen. 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 Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Let me get a mic for you here. Here we go. So I, uh, this is Donnie. For hi. You that know. Sorry, that was loud. That's okay. I saw something in the spirit just now, and it's for you. So I want to share it for you. Good. With you. Um, I saw a huge chandelier in this place, and each light on the chandelier was lit. They were small like these, but they were faced up, but they were, there were many of them. And we have a chandelier in our dining room and it shines obviously light in our dining room. But when one of those bulbs goes out, mm -hmm. you know it. Yeah. And even though there might be five or six other lights around that chandelier, when one of those bulbs goes out, you know it. Yes. And what I, what I saw, I'll show you what I tell you what I saw in the spirit. What I saw in the spirit is I saw the chandelier in the sanctuary here and I saw it raise through this roof and I saw the roof open up and I saw it rise up into the sky mm. to shine light to the area. Obviously yeah. that's what I saw, but this is what was said. Some of you think that you're not important right. to that event and mm. that there are others that are more gifted. There are others that have the, the call or there's others that have the thing to do with that. But you're just, you're just here. You're just taking up space. And that's not true. Right. When one of those lights goes out. Come on. It's noticed. You're all important. And as a body, you will reach this area. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Donnie.